Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the one and only 411 Podcast Network. This is Justin Watcher. You are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcasting Network. This is going to be a one-on-one match this week. Mr. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, doing well, doing well. How are you this fine Friday? I'm feeling pretty good. Went out, saw some Bone Thugs in Harmony at Summerfest. Bone Thugs, nice. Did you wake up, wake up, wake up? That's the first of the month. <laughs> I got called in early to work, so uh, I'd like to not be waking up anytime soon. <laughs> but we're going to discuss a few topics. Obviously, some big news this week in the wrestling world. There always is. Really? Yeah, a little what, bit. What happened? I don't know. There My was, gosh. I know. There was something I mentioned last week. There's always content. There's always something to talk about. That's true. And then we get hit with that news, but we will get there in a few minutes. But first, we did have a pay-per-view on Sunday. Do you even remember it? Uh, it was on like a like a five-inch screen, so I kind of remember it, but all my memories are very small. Yes, yeah, so you watched on your phone again, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to California because my good buddy is getting married. Shout out to the Yeti, Chris Book. Congrats, congrats. Well, that's uh, too bad you have to watch on your phone, though. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Speaking of it is what it is, the usual Cruiserweight Championship match was on the kickoff the show. The kickoff, yeah. You know, that's just kind of I expected at this point. But we have a new champion. Oh. Drew Gulak defeated Tony Nese and Akira Tozawa. What do you think? Well-deserved. I think Drew Gulak's time... Has I think he's put in the work, and I think it's time for him to get recognized. Uh, I think I remember watching the Cruiserweight Classic, and that guy just had some amazing grappling holds. He's an amazing grappler. Yeah, he also <clears throat> just also did a little a few things in NXT, which was cool. So maybe that was kind of getting him ready for this. It was kind of cool that he did that no fly thing too, because you know the Cruiserweights, because they're lighter, they're uh, you know they get kind of pigeonholed into always having to do aerial battles. So it's kind of nice when you got a guy that's like, no, let's get grounded. Yeah, him and Tony Nese, I think you know, are kind of beyond the pigeonhole where you could see right. him doing more. And Absolutely, even Cedric Alexander, you know, this week uh, became a champion on. WWE Raw. Sure, it was 24-7 champion and lasted 30 seconds, but, you know, there is more out there for these guys. But right. um, we mentioned last week, Drew Gulak was the one with the momentum, so if there was going to be anything, he was going to do it. So yeah. it's kind of like everybody does kind of get a turn on 205 Live, and I guess it's his turn. I mean, they're trying, you know. They're they're trying new things. They're trying to get that brand a little more a little exposure. More. A little bit. A little, little bit, bit more. Yeah. So... That's fine with me. I have no problem with that. A little title change, and, you know, Tony Nese was not pinned, so if they want to go back to that one-on-one, then he can have a legitimate gripe that he never lost. Right. So, uh, as announced, we started the show with Becky Lynch defeating... Lacey Evans. Again, clean. Again. Yeah. So, no controversy. I also well-deserved. Well-deserved, and uh, it was actually submission, and I thought at the time the feud was over, didn't you? You kind of hoped it was. I, I mean, mean, another clean victory. Right, another clean victory, and I understand when they want to have these prolonged stories, but the story was kind of over for me after the first match because right. yeah, she hasn't really, she's brand new, Hasn't re- she kind of forced her way into the title picture when she lost clean, get back to the end of the line. Yep, yep. I thought it's that time, but we'll get to that in a little bit about where uh, these two are headed. So good match to start and a little foreshadowing of maybe there was more to come. But up next, we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating Big E and Xavier Woods. It was just an 11-minute tag match. I never really thought much of it. There wasn't too invested either. I mean, no, there's nothing on the line. I'd kind of hoped that there might have been some cool stuff like that, but it really was just kind of a... 
you know, the same stuff we see from Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and same stuff we see from New Day and yeah, throw, them, throw them together. Just felt like, you know, time killing and let's just throw them on the card for a little filler. Right. And you know what made it even worse is that, you know, it led to absolutely nothing except uh, for the millionth week in a row, Sami Zayn taking a loss on TV. Again. So, yeah, and Owens <laughs> didn't even, you know, it didn't lead to anything. He didn't no. even beat, I thought he was going to beat Biggie and Xavier and then right. say, Kofi, you're next. Right. And then they kind of did that on SmackDown, and then he didn't do anything. So they you know. So it led to nothing. So, so what? Where are we going? Where are we going? So <laughs> despite what Holly and how claimed, do we get there from here? <laughs> <laughs> and how do we get there from here now? All right. So despite what Holly said, uh, Samoa Joe did not make quick work of Ricochet. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Holly. Uh, we have a new United States champion. That was awesome. Ricochet. I mean, that, that was a, like we called it last week. I do believe that was match of the night. Uh, it was definitely the one I was most excited to see. I thought it was great, and as great as the match was, as great as the finish was, the uh, post match I thought was very nice with everyone backstage, and then they saved it for Papa H, giving him a little hug. Yeah, right. That was cool to to see the little, you know the bridge of NXT to the main roster, and right. And it's something I think that you know there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of you know they can do a lot with the story of this right. guy came from NXT. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's completely ignored, and sometimes you see it here, and it really is cool that, you know, fans, despite his independent past, you right. know, we've seen him from NXT now and get called up and do this. So, And he was a huge name coming into NXT. Right, too. exactly. So I thought that was very cool. Like you said, probably match of the night. And Samoa Joe wasn't losing to move down the card. He was moving, moving up. Yeah. He was moving up. Do you ever notice that, like, uh, when the wrestlers come in with a name behind them, the bigger the name they are, the more likely it is that they keep their independent name. Yeah, you know, they don't go through as many name changes if they you know, if they yeah, come in with momentum. It's really weird how that works sometimes. And then you see right now, even some new crop in NXT are all getting new names. Right, and it's all completely changed. I mean, even Kevin Owens got a name change when he got into NXT, and he was like a big star coming in there. Yeah, too. or even uh, you know Sami Zayn, obviously. Yeah, they I made think, him. Um, what was it? I think uh, was it his favorite. I think he named his son Owen or something for yeah, Owen Hart. And that's then right. That's how it worked so that's, out. Yeah, so now he took it as the last name for tribute. And even uh, speaking of that, our next match was, you know, Daniel Bryan, obviously Bryan Danielson. So right, yeah, right. Easy fix there. Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeated Heavy Machinery. I think we kind of expected that. This I was match. Say, that was a nice segue. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit. Fantastic. <laughs> nice foresight you got there. Oh! So I would say um, this <laughs> 14 minutes, it was probably longer than I thought. But the uh, live crowd in Tacoma, the fans that were there, certainly uh, certainly enjoyed Heavy Machinery. Yeah, well, they did, sort of. They, <laughs> sort It was of. weird coming out because, you know, here's Heavy Machinery supposed to be in the face tag team. And, you know, they get this main reaction, but then Daniel Bryan comes out, and wow. <laughs> yep, Daniel Bryan, obviously, Washington. That was cool. I, I like right. how they kind of played into that, even on the, the TV shows after the pay-per-view. It certainly uh, played into the fact that he was from uh, Washington. Um, despite, again, what Holly thought, she picked heavy machinery, and we had a little bet while watching. So, oh. yeah, a little payoff there. But uh, Daniel Bryan and <laughs> Rowan retaining, I thought it was kind of a gimme, didn't you think so? I thought that was good. that was what was going to happen, too. I didn't see them losing the titles just yet. No, and even... And not the heavy machinery yet. No, and even going forward, I don't even really see them... Losing them for a while. No, I I think that they they they're in a position where they can really revitalize the tag team division, and I think they're gonna try and do that. I don't know how well it's gonna work or how much leeway they're gonna have, but 
it's something though. Excuse me. I think it's something, and if it's Daniel Bryan leading the charge, whatever that something is, it'll be good. Right, because Daniel Bryan can take anything and turn it to gold. Speaking of gold, our next match was for the women's. Wow, you did it again. I did it again. What did I do? You just segue real nice like that. Oh, well, whatever. So SmackDown <laughs> Women's Championship, you know, the wild card rule is in effect here. So Alexa Bliss coming from Raw with Nikki Cross yep. unfortunately lost to Bailey, Which we also kind of assume because here we go with the different shows again. Like, yep. This, this, uh, are they doing a brand split or are they not? You know, they need to figure that out and then decide who's going to fight who. I don't know. I have this written in my notes to talk about later, but we can screw it and just talk about it now. <laughs> What's going on with the wild card rule? I am, I'm just completely flummoxed. Like, I get like you want to spice it up and have different things, but if you're going to do that, then, you know, open borders and let everybody go on any show that they want. And if you're not going to do it, then straight up, raw SmackDown. Like, each one has a champion or maybe there's like one I, I would like to see actually see like a champion of both brands type thing yeah the problem with that is it go to Brock Lesnar again <laughs> and we don't discuss that so I mean I don't know what's going on I mean we even just talked about it a little bit with you know Samoa Joe I mean he lost a US title on Raw right seem to care one bit and then all of a sudden like oh hey now he's going for the Smackdown WWE championship with Kofi Kingston right like, so where did that come from? And then Alexa Bliss, and then even again on... And is uh, that another foregone conclusion? Because, you know, Samoa Joe is on Raw, so is it very le- is it less likely that he's going to win that title? I mean, uh, to me it is. Like, it, I already kind of know how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's less likely, but I also, you know, I've kind of assumed Kofi will hold it for a little while anyways. So Until it, Shane McMahon gets his hands on him. Well, no, <laughs> not necessarily. Brock Lesnar may also be some, But anyways, we'll uh, get to that in a few months. I think um, I think they just kind of need to decide. Like, even the wild card rule. Like, I defended it by saying, oh, that's kind of cool. You never know which four are going to show up. And right. It'd be kind of cool of who does what. But now it's like five or seven. Five or, or seven. I think it was like roster. six in the opening segment already topped the four. And it you was know, how about <laughs> next week? They just take the SmackDown roster and put them on Raw. And nobody from Raw is on Raw. And then they take the Raw roster and put them on SmackDown, and nobody from SmackDown is on SmackDown. Tuesday Night Raw. Right? I think No, uh, it's still called SmackDown. Oh, they just use the Raw wrestlers. I think they <laughs> didn't like the Raw roster once get like caught in a storm, and then the SmackDown guys like showed up Monday night or something like uh, that. Oh, yeah. It was either a storm, or I remember there was a, there was a volcano in Iceland that blocked <laughs> a bunch of flights. I remember on Raw, we got a random Undertaker versus Jack Swagger yeah, match, because everyone was caught overseas or wherever I they were. I think that was the volcano in Iceland. Like they, It had spewed a whole bunch of ash into the atmosphere, and they couldn't fly out. So, like, John Cena was already in the States because he didn't go on that tour. Oh, and they had Taker. Swagger was already back or something like that. They had a whole bunch of people that hadn't gone over. And they're like, uh, we're going to use you now. So, go. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I just assume, you know, Fox and USA, they want all the stars. And we talked about this a few months ago, the Superstar right. Shakeup. Like, how do you manage each show? And obviously, I mean, I think it was Roman Reigns was on Raw, I think it was two weeks ago. And he wasn't even on his own show, SmackDown. And that right. was... The big news was Reigns going to SmackDown, and, well, obviously, you know, that didn't really happen. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. I I don't know. Do you just end it and just say whatever? Just let him go, right? I mean, it, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, but the problem with that is then there are way too many titles. Right. I never really got that argument because if there's two separate shows, then you do need double the titles. But 
if it is a free for all, well, then there's so many titles. Right, and they're just flying around willy nilly. Mm, yeah, they're just certainly flying around. Throw willy-nilly. a stone and catch a title. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of catching a title, <laughs> Bailey- nice. <laughs> all right, that one was pretty bad. But <laughs> he's stretching, but he's trying. Stretching. Bailey Bailey retains. Um, we. We learned a few days later, um, Alexa Bliss will be getting a night title match at yep. Extreme Rules. So thanks to Nikki Cross. Nikki mm-hmm. Cross, she, uh, you know, she's still with Bliss. We got right. that little news at Stomping Grounds that, uh, you know, she believed everything she said and actually tried to help. And then Bailey came back, and I don't know. This time, I don't want. I don't know. There might be a title change this time. You think? I mean, I, I don't know. I was gonna mention Sasha Banks, but I don't know if we're there quite yet. But I, I do at this point think Banks will be back. Yeah, uh, it, all signs kind of point that way. She's been doing stuff with the company. She's been kind of slowly keeping her commitments or coming back in some fashion. So she's definitely gonna return in some fashion. Yeah, she may have just needed to recharge her batteries or something. And I know that feeling. <laughs> that is true. I would. Um, I don't know. I'm the only reason I wouldn't say bliss because maybe at this point Nikki Cross realizes you know what's going on, and the pay per view is July 14th. Right. So it's already in what 16 days. Yeah. So yeah, there's kind of a couple rematches already set and not a whole lot going on. But again, after that, then there's a full month till SummerSlam. Then I think we'll finally actually get some new matches. Right, and uh, it could also be a setup to put Nikki Cross in that position as well. Hey, anything that gets Nikki Cross more TV time is fine by me. You heard it first. You heard it first. <laughs> he supports Nikki Cross, so you know anything that uh, that uh, Justin Watry supports, we all have to keep an eye on. Speaking of supporting Roman Reigns, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was that was a stretch. That was a big stretch. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns defeats Drew McIntyre, seventeen yep. minutes, kind of long. It was kind of a long match. It was kind of a same old kind of two. Big burly guys just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, they had some matches on TV, and obviously everyone remember the WrestleMania match. And I don't, I don't think they've ever like quite hit the potential that they're capable of. No, definitely not. But I don't know if they've been given that opportunity. It seems like they've been kind of stifled. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of feels like it's still the Shane McMahon story. Right, exactly. And that's where I start to kind of lose interest. Like, I was all excited to watch Raw. And then I flipped it on, and it was, you know, they told us that we they're rehashing the Baron Corbin Seth Rollins match, and I was like, well, I'm gonna go play guitar then. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> every time I, every time I get super interested in it, either Shane or Baron Corbin come in, and it's like I don't even wanna. No, I don't uh, think this feud can last too much longer. I but... even think uh, uh, the guy that runs this one dirt sheet that I I, I read every now and then, he was like two much Shane McMahon. <laughs> it's like when even the, the insiders are just like, dude, we're done with this. I mean, we get it, it's a story, but come on. Hey, it was the first pay-per-view of the year without a Shane match. Yeah, but he was still there. And he's right back on the next and one. He's so. right back on the next one. <laughs> so either way, Reigns lost to Shane, yet could beat Drew. So whatever that means in the grand scheme of things, uh, yeah, he lost to Shane at uh, Super Showdown, and then, hey, now he can beat Drew. So I guess that means Shane is better than Drew. <laughs> Is that it? Because, I, I mean, I guess he's the best in the world. Oh, that's true. He is know. the best in the world. But uh, I don't know about that. But anyways. Nobody um, does. Nobody does. Kofi Kingston is still your WWE champion. Woo-hoo! Good news there for you. Yeah. I was I was a little nervous there. 20 minutes. I wasn't at all. I know. 
20 minutes um, over Dolph Ziggler in a, a very cool ending. It I was thought. Yeah, I thought the match was great, to be honest. I thought it was a very cool ending. Um, you know, the dive over, something Kofi would do. Right. And if you actually go on replay, you may have had a little wardrobe malfunction with his... <laughs> <laughs> Just trunks kind of showing a little too much Uh-oh. Kofi there. But oh, anyways, um, yeah, everyone can go back PG, now. PG show. <laughs> PG show. Um, Kofi retaining, I don't think much of a question. No, it was, it was definitely, I mean, because it was supposed to be, a, you know, he was kind of filling in, so they just had to finalize the story and get him out of there. Yeah, Dolph was just kind of in here, unfortunately, kind of to take the losses. But um, I will say two praises and then one negative, unfortunately. I will say the praise was obviously for the finish. Pretty yeah. pretty innovative. I'm trying to think of a cage match ending like that. Right, and right. I know NXT just kind of had one with Baszler and Io Shirai, which big news on that also. Um, and I will also praise the promo package before the match. I thought it was really good. Right, yeah. And I don't know. I've been digging the whole Dolph saying it should have been me. That is a good thing that he's playing up. It's. I wonder how long this is going to go on. Yeah, I'm going to say it's over <laughs> i'm gonna say it's over but i it made sense for what they were trying to quick fill exactly in. like why do we why is Dolph coming back like, yeah why should make... we care and yeah. Dolph told you why you should care exactly it should have been him he mm-hmm. sat on the sidelines and saw somebody pretty much take what you know he had earned right his career so you know and he's been going and going and going has never held that particular title and every time he seems to be getting a little momentum behind him he falls off for whatever reason yeah and i'm kind of afraid he's gonna fall off again yeah. um I, I mean, would, I would say he could maybe go for the Intercontinental, but against Finn Balor. Maybe he's got a comedy date coming up. He must have something. But <laughs> anyways, um, Finn Balor, um, Nikki, Finn, <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> Finn Balor seems to be uh, facing Nakamura, which is. I saw that little tease on the internet. That um, which I guess if uh, the Rusev pairing is done for Nakamura, give us more Balor versus uh, Nakamura. They had a great match in NXT, which was Balor's send off. If you remember that, yep. And oh yeah, that was yeah, because he uh, he faced the icon. If I want to be the best, I have yep. to face the icon. And then Nakamura uh, took that and went for the NXT title at the. And killed it. Yep. So I would um, I'm trying to find a spot for Ziggler in my head, but I actually thought Balor versus Andrade was on this pay per view, and then yeah. it was, and then it wasn't. I even went to the website. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> and then also the main event was starting. I'm like, what the heck? So maybe I guess Andrade with his uh, personal stuff. So. Right. Maybe they just quietly said, mm, take this now and off. Yeah. I mean, it'd probably be another loss anyway. <laughs> so now for my one negative about the cage match. Oh. Um, I thought the same with Kofi versus Kevin Owens. Yeah. I thought the same with Kofi and Dolph's previous match. You're sick of the pancakes. And I thought the same now about... Kofi, Dolph in the cage. No, not the pancakes, but yes. But um, I don't know. It, it just doesn't ever seem like it's for the WWE Championship. It's still not, you know, it's not getting the main event spot, which right. makes sense. And I don't know. Kofi and Dolph isn't still like screaming like main event headlining. And I felt the same with Kofi and Owens. It just never felt big. So. I mean, I know you don't necessarily want Kofi Brock, but to me, that would feel big. That would be an underdog story. That would be big. That would be, oh, my gosh, can Kofi overcome it, which I would give him a pretty good shot, actually, in making that story even bigger. Or even better. I'm tuning out. Or Kofi Daniel Bryan. That would feel big to me. Yeah. You know, and now Kofi Joe, I mean, that's not going to main event Extreme Rules. You know, yeah, it uh, could. You never know. It could. But... Depends on who's feeling squirrely that day. <laughs> Well, they better be feeling squirrely here because they're nuts if they think that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. They're nuts if they think uh, Kofi doesn't. He needs just different challengers. Yeah. Something, yeah. it just feels too uh, paint by the numbers. I don't know if that's the right term for it, but it's still not feeling. Kofi had the big WrestleMania moment, and then since then he's just been facing, you know, like whoever each few weeks. Like, right. Like, here's Dolph, and here's Owens, who has no chance, right. and hey, Zami Zayn can get pinned again. So I'm hoping Kofi does more. The Samoa Joe thing's a step in the right direction. But like you said, he's technically raw, so right. is this now just a Extreme Rules feud to end it and then move on? Move on. For SummerSlam? Like a space filler or something? Yeah, again. So it just felt like two months of space fillers, honestly. Maybe they're doing that while they get their new writing teams in place. Oh, boy. We will comment next. on <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, well, next is our main event, um, the you know big headlining main event yeah. of Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Yeah, what a garbage guy that was. So, It's just been done. Uh, it's just been done so many times. Well, here's where we're going to differ. You enjoyed the pay-per-view, but not the main event. I actually Overall, I enjoyed the pay-per-view, yeah. Yeah, I actually, you know, felt the opposite. I didn't care too much for the pay-per-view. I said that in the build-up when we did it before the preview. I didn't necessarily care for most of these matches, even though I assumed they'd be pretty good. Um, but the main event I thought was intriguing, especially with the special guest referee. That that did add a little more uh, intrigue to it, but then again, it was, I mean, maybe it's just my cynical nature, but like once she came out, the storyline became predictable. You knew she was going to do slow counts for Seth, fast counts for Rollins. When there was something going on on the outside, she was going to do something yeah. to make it, you know, I mean, it was you knew what was going to happen well, the minute she walked out. All right, I will defend that in two ways. One, I will say, you know, Baron was cor- Baron Corbin was picking, right? No matter who he picked, you knew that was coming. The whole, yeah. the past three weeks, you knew that was. It coming. It totally made sense of who we picked. You and know? I will also say, predictable is not always bad. You know, Kofi overcoming Daniel Bryan and getting his WrestleMania moment that right. was predictable. Right. We knew in the two months build when Vince kept screwing him, he was going to get the match and win the title. You know, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, of course he was going to overcome the odds. You know, you could even say Rollins wins the Rumble, beats Brock. You know, right, all yeah. that's predictable, but it's good. But it was good, right? But I don't know. It's just like... So I understand that part. And um, before the match, you know, during the entrances, um, Holly, shout out to her, take a shot. She even, she actually put her phone down. <laughs> oh, really? For her to put her phone down during a match is hmm. kind of a big deal. And she legit was like, I'm interested. I want to know who the referee is. Ah, and okay. for me, too, this was my big hook, actually, of the entire pay-per-view. Who was the referee? We were running down everybody. Right. She thought Lashley. I don't know why, but she thought Lashley. <laughs> I thought it'd be Bray, and you can call me a liar all you want, but during the entrances, we thought, hey, Lacey, and with Rollins had the chair, it was like, he can't hit a girl. Yeah. So and we I even, thought it was a really good choice. I thought it was a really good story that they were telling. I it, thought it was really cool. So we were actually thinking Charlotte, who is Becky's, you know, Charlotte had been kind of away. Big like, nemesis. Like, oh, he's not going to hit Charlotte. And then Charlotte would be like back from the dead to, you know, kind of mess with Becky and right. get back at her man. And then sure enough, he introduced Lacey and it was like, oh, here we go. And it meant, first of all, that their feuds would continue, which, yeah. you know, I don't think we needed anymore. Right. But it also meant a whole lot of fun and a Becky Lynch run, and right away the crowd started chanting Becky. Right. And I wrote about this in my review column, 411mania.com. Um, Holly, again, take a shot. She was into this thing. People are getting alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Aren't we all? She was screaming when uh, Lacey went one, two, and then 
I said, oh, oh my arm. Yeah. yeah. My arm hurts. She screamed at the TV. She's faking it. She's faking it. No. Uh, what have you done to that poor girl, my friend? She was 1,000% into it. I was wow. loving it. I was loving it. You know, Do you just sit back and watch her get all excited? I do. I tell her half the time. I'm watching her more than the actual matches. She's just screaming, saying, come on, Becky, where are you? Wow. And just into it 100%. So fun to watch always. And, you know, Becky came out, cleaned did house, her thing. did yeah. her thing. And, you know, of course, Holly was loving it. I was loving it. I was like, here we go. This was great. Yeah. And I actually thought it had been cool if Becky ran in. Because if you remember how Becky versus Lacey ended, do you remember how it ended? Uh, she tapped, didn't she? Becky yeah. put her in it, immediately yeah, tapped. Yeah, immediately tapped. In like a split second. Yeah. I thought it had been great if Lacey, you know, hits the uh, finisher, Corbin pins Rollins, and then Lacey gets down to pin but Becky runs out, crowd goes nuts, and then and she puts locks. Her in the finish. She puts her in her submission, and then Lacey taps, but it's a three count. Oh, one, two, how about that? One, two, three. And what would have happened then? Well, I don't think they're going to put the title on Corbin. So Right, right. <laughs> and then technically, Becky would have cost Rollins right. the title. But, you know, that's all for, you know, fantasy. Hey, booking. WWE, uh, do you need a writer? I know a guy. I don't know a guy, but anyways, <laughs> I thought that had been great. But either way, obviously that was not what was going to happen. But Becky came out. They That's clean a good house. story, though. That's a really good story. That would have been nuts. Uh, I'd, I'd actually watch that. People would have freaked be in out if that would have happened. But it would have made sense again with the quick tap. Think out. of the headlines they could have had after that. You know, like know. Baron Corbin shocks the world. Becky costs at the title. I mean, if this Jin- is like gold right here. If dude. Jinder Mahal can win the title, right? And lose All right, to we, need to, we need to stop, start a, a, a wrestling company. Oh, wait, we did that. But here's the, yeah, that is true. But here is the problem. Speaking prob- of which, your brother still owes me for setting him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did I tell you he gave me a birthday card? Did I tell you what it was on the back of the card? What? He wrote, new moon will return. Oh. Yeah. So uh, anyways, we can discuss that a different time. But um, I thought it was a great ending. I actually enjoyed the 18-minute main event. Yeah, you knew the heel referee. We've seen it a million times. Right. They screw with the face, and then obviously they overcome the odds. We've seen it with Stone Cold and Vince, and you know you could go through a million different examples. Um, I know you thought it was boring and predictable, and I'm guessing the live crowd did also in Tacoma. Yeah. But you know what? If you get the payoff in the end, it's worth it to me. So right. we sat through, and the crowd went nuts for Becky Lynch. So mission accomplished. Yeah, good point. I mean, it it, it was a good story to tell. I just I kind of knew what was going to happen. I mean, I guess I think hindsight being twenty twenty, I did actually somewhat enjoy the main event just because I was waiting for these heel tactics to come up. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to say the one downside is, yeah, the feuds will continue. So at Extreme Rules, it is going to be that mixed tag match. It's going to be Becky and Seth versus Lacey and Baron Corbin. And as you can probably predict, it's winner take all. Both titles are on the line. Right. So I don't think it's been an Extreme Rules gimmick yet, but I'm guessing it'll be no rules just to kind of wrap up the stories and you know move on. And that's part of the deal, too. If they lose, they never get a shot again. Yeah, yeah, that should be part of it. And, you know, they're not going to. Seth will retain. uh, Becky will retain. I don't know if they're going to pin him at the same time or what they're going to do. But it's. I think this is going to be the definitive, clean, no ifs, hands, or buds. No, no nothing. No more rematches. Yeah. Nothing even the next day. be done with this. It'll be done, and then we can move on to SummerSlam, who, honestly, I don't, who do you, I don't know. Well, then Baron Corbin can go and wait tables. Right, I hear they're hiring down the street, but Applebee's. I, I don't know. Do you have anything in mind for Rollins coming up? I know everything's Brock is. Still I out mean, there. I guess if we gotta do it, 
might as well get it done and over with with that jerk. I mean, um, that guy. Brock. By the way, you said earlier Brock. off air that Brock Lesnar is not a wrestler. Yeah, I, I don't even consider him a I consider him a waste of space. He's just, you know, like, you know when you got something in your house that's just kind of been there forever me? And it's just kind of sitting there, and it doesn't me? really do much, but you can't get rid of it. Me? <laughs> I mean, you're not in my house, but I well, mean, now you are, but. Well, not that you know of. Yeah, I know oh what my. you mean. It's kind of like those junk drawers. Turn. Yeah, exactly. He's a junk drawer. <laughs> Brock Lesnar is a junk drawer. I love it. I'm going to go with it. Which actually, shout out to my brother, wrote a great article about junk drawers. If you have a junk <laughs> drawer, everybody, clean it out. I have several. And there is a huge meaning behind it. There is a big, big meaning behind it. If you look at his, uh, he wrote a column about it. So uh, it's that about was his entrance theme. Right there, you go. <laughs> Actually, that was. Yeah, totally was. <laughs> Good call on that. I think um, I think there's more meaning behind it, but I don't. I wouldn't call Brock a junk drawer. I would. Okay. Absolutely would. So you think him and Rollins is coming up? It's gonna happen. I mean, that's the only reason why he's there, right? To I keep mean, him in the title as a briefcase. I'm still thinking something with the Fox SmackDown, though. I mean, if you have Brock, I know you don't like him, but you got to promote him front and center. I mean, I guess he's a draw for some people. He does pull in money. Otherwise, they wouldn't be paying him the money that they're paying him. So, I mean, you don't you don't get to that, that type of contract without, you know, showing something for it. So as much as I dislike the guy and just can't stand him, apparently he pulls in money. Not my money, but he pulls in money. <laughs> Not your money, but even now if uh, Heyman is getting more of a role, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I mean, obviously Brock, and then you could even say, foreshadowing, you could even say, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey, you know, if uh, if either of them are going to be coming back right. anytime soon, you know, even for SummerSlam or for the big Fox SmackDown premiere. So we're going to kind of move on right now. Just a quick thing on Raw. What? What do you think about The Undertaker returning? I thought it was great. I mean, um, I kind of thought it was like a ratings ploy because we've been hearing for weeks that, you know, they got these historically ro- low ratings. Um, so I kind of thought that, you know, you know, when it gets bad, who do you call, you know? But, uh, Not I, Ghostbusters. I, that's well, sure. that's when you got, you know, we Actually, you know what? Ghost. Ghostbusters on Raw would be pretty sweet. That would be cool. Like, now are we talking new Ghostbusters or old Ghostbusters? Oh, we're talking the classics. Yes! Of course. Yes! Of course. But- um, rest in peace, Egon. Oh, absolutely. Aww. So I would say uh, Ghostbusters <clears throat> on Raw. That's ratings. Hey, there you go. But uh, no, I, I like that Taker was, was there. It, it, it was nice to see him after the kind of tainted, I don't know if you want to call it a debacle or whatnot, uh, of the Super Showdown. So it was nice to kind of, it, it kind of restored his, you know, like you said, bad taste in the mouth type thing. Yeah, I kind of washed the bad taste off his mouth. And... You know, everybody's kind of going back and forth on why he's back or for what exactly is it leading to a SummerSlam showdown with Drew or is it just him and Shane kind of being buddies wanting to have another match after right. their summer? Does Taker match? really need a reason to come back? I mean, whenever he comes back, it's always a good thing. Yeah, and even, you know, he could always renew the thing with Roman Reigns. I was at the Mania. That was the main event. So, I mean, there's three guys right there. You could do anything with any of them, and right. I think it would be big for... SummerSlam and coming off something with Goldberg, which I thought the match was better than it should have been. Obviously, not the ending. Yeah. But I'm fine with him being back. I wrote a column about it, 411mania.com. I wrote about it, I think, two or three days ago. Cheap plug. And I, I kind of ended it by saying, regardless of why he's back, all you have to do ever is just, you know, watch the fans. Right, exactly. Everybody freaks out when when that gong hits. And it's the whole, 
you know, you listen to the audience. I know we've heard it's kind of a cliche at this point, right. but listen to the audience. So, no, nobody's sick of The Undertaker in 2019. I know that's kind of a thing of, oh, just retire. Nobody wants right. it here. No. Not every, with Taker. No. Every time the gong hits, they go nuts. And let's let's also not forget that Undertaker has transcended wrestling in itself. I mean, if he shows up at a baseball stadium and that gong goes off, the stadium goes nuts. He shows up, I remember back in the day, Regis and Kathy Lee, that gong goes off, and you knew that there was something ominous coming. Like, he's just. I remember he's, he's on Jimmy presence. Fallon and Tombstone. Yes. The yeah. Thanksgiving turkey or yep. something. Yep. It was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It was <laughs> he, Brad the dude dressed up. Yep. Brad. Oh, Brad Maddox. Oh. Yeah. Let's. Oh, okay, next. <laughs> Poor Brad Maddox. <laughs> By the way, I, I suppose I can mention this now. I remember I posted the video. It was uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh. He was doing, I think, like emails or requests or something. Yeah. And one of them was like, Oh yeah, yeah. It was like uh, send us something that you want to happen or something. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, Can Undertaker tomb, tomb tombstone tomb. a turkey? And then he's just like, <laughs> No, absolutely not. And then he moved on. And then the gong hit. <laughs> Jimmy made this weird face. And then of course this turkey came <laughs> strutting on. <laughs> like this poor turkey was just gonna uh, get slaughtered. And yeah. then. You know, Undertaker Tombstone. But anyways, I remember posting the video, and it was Jimmy Fallon, the turkey, which was Brad Maddox, right. and the Undertaker. And I remember posting a video and saying, just think, one of these three has agreed to do an interview with me. And, you know. Brad Maddox. I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out yeah. which, which of the three, but, you know, it left that little mystery of, oh, who could it be? There was no mystery. And then he backed. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I, you're my good friend, but well, I didn't think you were getting an interview with The Undertaker, and I didn't think Jimmy Fallon was even knows your name. No, I don't think Undertaker <laughs> does many interviews regardless. But anyways, um, so it was a little cryptic thing, of course. You know, you obviously knew it was Maddox. but Right. And then a week later, he backed out of it. So I actually never. I wonder why. I never got that. I believe that was, I think, right after he was released or before. Yeah. Either way. What? <laughs> yeah, I think Paige made him famous a little later a on. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So I'm happy Undertaker's back. It's him and Reigns versus Shane and Drew. Do you have a pick in this match early? It's two weeks. Um, I mean, obviously, because Taker's in it, I'm always going to side with Taker in these types of matches. Um, It's just almost a foregone. He's a legend. Yeah, um, I'm going to assume uh, Reigns gets a little bit more uh, revenge. Yeah. And those two win. I would say by pinning Shane because I don't like Drew getting you know another loss. On I think him. that would probably be the best way to go if you know if they're listening. Shane is the fall guy. Shane is the whipping boy. <laughs> Shane is the scapegoat. But Beat him, get him off TV. My only problem with that <clears throat> is you know Shane has been built up whether you like right. it or not. That it does feel like you know somebody like the Miz should finally be the one to shut him up, not just take or pins him in a tag match. I mean, it might take that kind of force of the phenom to shut him up. Yeah, I mean, he's not the best in the world when Undertaker's around. It's certainly not his yard. Um, he's not He's not the best in the underworld. Ah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I think um, with you, Undertaker and Reigns can win this one. Right. But what does it lead to SummerSlam? I think that is then where Undertaker you know, can take a loss. And now him beating Goldberg makes more sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If this was planned as reported before the Goldberg match, it now makes sense where Undertaker would win to kind of build him up. And then he comes back for this, probably a win. And then, you know what? He can lose to, say, Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. Yeah. Or I assume not Shane McMahon. Hopefully not. But Undertaker now can be set up for another big SummerSlam showdown. And And that'll sell tickets. 
you know. Yeah, I think I mean the, the event's already sold out in Toronto. I think. Oh, really? First day when it last year went on sale. I think NXT too. But, anyways. But uh, they can't fill the seats for Raw. Hmm. I mean, SummerSlams is in Toronto, a little different. Good than, point. You know, so. Um, yeah, I would say Undertaker and Reigns win, and then, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with Drew getting that huge win. If Undertaker wants to work with Drew, it makes sense that, you know, he's the one who beats him. But either way, I'm fine with Undertaker coming back. I really don't care why. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. It's always good when Taker's around. It's always good when he's back, and again, there's nothing like the gong hitting and then everyone freaking out, Michael Cole screaming, (laughs) the phenom, the phenom. And Shane, of course, looking scared out of his mind up on top of the rope, like, now what do I do? And right. He just jumps into a choke slam. <laughs> one, of, one of the highlights of my life was when we went to that uh, Raw back in 2008. It was a WrestleMania Rewind. March. And, yep, and you and I got to see, for the, my, me, for the very first time, I was floor level. I was probably about, I want to say maybe 10 rows behind Jim Ross doing commentary. This is when the commentary was on the floor by the ring. Oh, yes. And yes. one of the highlights was I finally got to see a full-on Undertaker entrance with the fire, the smoke, the purple, the lightning, all of it. I mean, it. that was, you know, when uh, uh, Michael Cole says it's a bone-chilling entrance, he is not lying. Like, I'm not a big fan of Michael Cole, but he was not exaggerating in that moment. Yeah, probably the best entrance. And I think he, um, did he beat Mark Henry in a casket Mark Henry match? in a casket match. Yeah, yep. uh, 2006 WrestleMania 22 right. flashback there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's actually a good one of, like, top entrances, but oh, man. you'd have I to mean, assume he's at the top. Which, hey, maybe that's a topic. Well, there you go. Top but entrances. Did we give away our number one already? <laughs> I mean, we did, but like like I said, it's Taker, so it's always a good thing. Undertaker's <laughs> at the lo- top of, like, almost every list. We'll just do, like, you know, 40 through 2. We don't even have to mention one because it's 40? <laughs> well, last week we did 50 reasons. See, we compile them in. Yeah, and even um, Ric Flair again said it, and somebody Woo. else said it, that he would be on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, absolutely. Taker's, and, I mean, I think Taker ascends the the Mount Rushmore. Okay, that was a topic um, my brother and Mr. Matty Moses did a few months ago for this podcast, and I mentioned him as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. None of us had Undertaker on, obviously, the, the four. It's almost like he's too too big, you know? Like well, here, he, was, here was the thing. I... I think Mr. Matty Moses, he had uh, Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan. We all three did. I said, I don't care who you are, Hogan and Stone Cold have to be on it. Those Absolutely. Are, there's nobody else. And then I think... When you look at eras, there's you know the Hulk Hogan era, and then it transitions into the Stone Cold era. Yeah, whether you love those two or whatever their personal stuff is in the past. They drew. Those two, if we're talking wrestling, Mount Rushmore. Right. I mean, there's nobody else. And then uh, I think Mr. Matty, I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me. He then had... Vince McMahon and The Rock as the other two. I don't know if we could say Vince McMahon. I I said Vince doesn't. <laughs> I said Vince isn't on the statue. He's the sculptor. Right. So he's sculpting the statue. Yeah. So I thought. So that's why I didn't include him. And then my brother had Vince and Triple H. And <laughs> I mean that. I there's think I arguments did, for all of them. There's arguments for everyone. And then um, mine for what it what it's worth. I had, uh, obviously, Hogan and Stone Cold, and then I put John Cena. I said, 15 years on top, nobody's yeah. done it, and I'm sorry. He's he's beat all the records that Stone Cold and Hogan had. And again, we transitioned from the Stone Cold era into the John Cena era. And then I don't know if you can guess my fourth. I don't know if you listened to it or not, but I thought then we kind of needed, you know, I went through everyone. Is it Ric Flair? Is it Undertaker? Shawn right. Michaels, my favorite. You know, Mick Foley, Triple H is an honorable mention. 
you know, I went through everybody. I excluded this era because, you know, it's just too early to tell. Right. Like, you just can't do and that. And this era's been pretty much You know, garbage. I left out Kane and Big <laughs> Wow, okay. I'm joking. So I'm I joking. left out Kane and Big Show. Yeah. You know, I left out all the people. I left out Brock, Randy Orton. All those people were close calls, but nobody. Bret Hart, Batista. You could keep going on. I ended up going with Andre the Giant. You okay. Because if we're talking wrestling, right. you know, he's larger he was than huge. Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I went with Hogan, Stone Cold, Andre the Giant, and John Cena. I don't know. But Undertaker was my next one, even though I love Shawn Michaels and think he's the best. Um, you know, and then Ric Flair this past week, again, said Undertaker's on the Mount Rushmore. There's right. no, no doubt about it. I guess, I mean, the the question is, is how what do you base your your? Well, your I kind of argued uh, Mr. Matty Moses included The Rock. And, yeah. you know, not to shut him <clears> down, but I kind of argued that, you know, he's kind of more known for not wrestling these days. So he's not on the wrestling. Right. If you're doing a Hollywood Mount Rushmore, and now he's on it. And wrestling, what would put him there would be his feud with Stone Cold. Right. You know? and, and everything like that, it would be Stone Cold. And you can even argue his, you know, match against Hogan right. at WrestleMania. But, you know, if it was 10, 15 years ago, he'd probably be on it. But now, I mean, you say Dwayne Johnson, you know, you think you Hollywood think movie. movie. Right. You think $10 million a movie. And, you know... What I would personally use for the criteria of putting on the Mount Rushmore is who was at the forefront of their era. Like Hulk Hogan, he was the top guy for so many years. Right. I would almost actually venture a little further back and maybe put Bruno. He was another one. You know, you got Bruno, Hogan, Stone Cold, and then my fourth, and then Cena. Would almost, I, I guess I would almost throw that as my Mount Rushmore because yeah. you got Bruno who spearheaded his era. You yeah. got Hogan who then took it over. And then you got uh, uh, Stone, Cold. Stone Cold who, you know, basically took WWE who was failing and flailing and just floundering like my triple F's there <laughs> and just brought him back. You know, gave him an edge and gave him something to, to get behind. Attitude. Him. Attitude. And people who weren't even into wrestling. Like, at that time, I wasn't a huge wrestling. Like, I've always been a fan of wrestling, but there were times where I couldn't watch and I couldn't pay attention. But I knew who Stone Cold was. And as soon as he got big, I was like, you know, you see all these T-shirts and you got people throwing middle fingers in the air and 316 and all this kind of thing. <laughs> and then you got John Cena, who pretty much did the same thing, except he was more polarizing. Either you loved him or... Or you hated him, but either way, you were watching him. Yeah, I mean, when my, I mean, my sisters were watching. Right. I mean, and my youngest sister got The Rock's book. I mean, and you know that just speaks volumes. Like they could yeah. give two hoots about it, but in two thousand, right. two thousand one, whatever year we're talking about, I mean, they were sitting there watching with us, and she was making The Rock sign, and you know everything like that. So that would be mine. But yeah, I'm with you. I think Bruno or Andre, and yeah. then at this point, Cena probably has to go on. Yeah, I mean, oh, definitely. It's just too much, too many years on top, and it's kind of hard to argue. And then, you know. And for, you know, for all those saying, like, Taker should be on there, I, he has an amazing contribution, but he never actually, like, spearheaded his era. Well, know? right, yeah. You could always go through it and name, you know, somebody that was higher on the card. And even right. um, we also did a Top 5 Championship Matches podcast before that, and my brother specifically mentioned he kept looking for Undertaker Championship Matches, right. and all of his classics were non-title. <laughs> He's like, well, The Cell, well, Shawn Michaels, well, all these, you know. Hogan. And, and everything he went through, and he couldn't find like Tuesday that, in Texas. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't find that classic championship title match right. with Undertaker. But uh, the th the other thing I was going to quick mention was, um, I didn't argue Triple H being on my brothers, mm -hmm. but what I just said was, 
you know, it's too early because in 20 years, he may be the new Vince McMahon and right. lead this into the NXT era, whatever you want to call it. Whatever it's going to be, yeah. And then we can discuss him. But in terms of, you know, his career so far, I don't think he's... Right, and again, era. he never really spearheaded. He was part of a big era, but at the head of that era was Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold, Kane, Undertaker, Big Show, right. Hardys, Edge and Christian. I mean, Mankind, you can name, Nick yeah, Foley. Exactly. You could list a lot of people, but yeah. we kind of wow, got what off. what a great era of wrestling that was, right? <laughs> yeah, there was, um, we were off track a little bit here, but there was a, a SmackDown, I want to say, in like 2000. Like the whole lineup, I think, was like all former Intercontinental or World Champions. Yeah. Just the whole, I mean, top to bottom. I mean, even there was like, there was a point where they you just had huge names that transcended the business. They went on Saturday Night Live. They did all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, even like Kurt Angle and Jericho, those are close calls. Those are God, two more. I wish more. I had a cable back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. But either way, we were talking about Undertaker being back. I'm fine with it. Good for him. I'm happy Taker's back. It's good to see him do what he does because every now and then you get a little nervous. Yeah. You know, is, is his body failing him? Is he, you know. Yeah, and something in my uh, column <clears throat> I wrote about was it's a tag match. Yeah. So if things do. So get, he can be protected. He can be protected if he comes in, hits his big boot, does the old right. school and hits a choke slam, he can tag out. Yeah, know? exactly. And then everyone will say, Save wow. up for the tombstone and let him go. Yeah, I'm kind of scared about the tombstone on uh, Drew. He's kind of bigger and taller. But uh, I guess we'll see if that actually happens. But, you know, he can do everything. And I guarantee right. you, I'm making a bet right now after Extreme Rules, everybody's going to say, Undertaker looks great, better yeah, than ever. right. Well, when he comes in for 30 seconds and hits <laughs> a few moves. He's going to look like a million bucks. You know, it's like when the Shield, I mean, Reigns would get tagged in at the end, hit the spear, right. and everyone would go nuts for him. Well, okay, now let's see. You know, we saw how then he transitioned in the 10, 15 minutes, and it's like, oh, it's a little different. Yeah. And it's kind of Rowan right now. He can look, you know, towering over Daniel Bryan. Well, put Rowan in a 10, 15-minute match. And, and things <laughs> quickly start to fall apart. <laughs> and then we'll see how he does. Right. But hopefully uh, hopefully Undertaker does great with Roman Reigns, and that does convince him or leave us more for SummerSlam. But before getting to Mr. Kenny Omega, we are going to throw in some cheap little plugs here. Cheap plug. Cheap plug time. You are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast. You already know about that. The website, 411mania.com. If you want to subscribe or listen to us, you know where to find us. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and also YouTube. Let's get those YouTube views up, people. Everything else is doing great, but not so much YouTube. I want those up. I want those up. Everyone go to YouTube. Come Everyone. on, YouTube. Let's do it. Come on, YouTube. Do it for me. So anyways, that is the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast. You already know about that. I am also on Twitter if you want to follow me for whatever reason. At Justin Watchery, lots of good stuff there. Mr. Steve, I believe the Resident Complex is it? Yes, the Resident Complex. We have a debut album, North Avenue, that is available everywhere music is sold, all the digital platforms, and there may even be a couple physical copies at cdbaby.com if you want to purchase your own physical copy to hold in the hand. We have liner notes and pictures and stuff like that in there. It actually turns out to be a quite a good record. I actually gave it a listen uh, the other day. I listened to it front to back, and I was... I did, I did quite a good job. I'm very <laughs> proud of that record. So little pat on the back. Yeah, go check it out, and uh, hopefully you all enjoy it. Absolutely. So we're going to transition from that to something that I did not enjoy. Kenny Omega had a interesting tweet and a little follow-up yeah. tweet. You uh, know, I, I get the ire because they are trying to do something good, but at the same time, it's wrestling. So, I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, I delete my tweets, so guilty as charged. <laughs> but it's not because I say anything stupid. I just like deleting stuff. 
And my Makes buddies sense. and everyone know this. When you send me a text, I instantly delete it. You send me an email, I'll read it and delete really? it. Really? You send me a, yeah, my Facebook page is pretty much blank. If anything I post, I delete it the next day. Wow. It's, you know, pretty much what it is. Unfortunately for Twitter. Um, You're just a minimalist, aren't you? I, I clean everything out. I think my, even my uh, my laptop or something, I think it's like I have like 1% used of my gigabytes or whatever <laughs> it's called. And then even like when I say something, I'm like, I can delete that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I have text messages from years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Holly, take a shot. It's kind of the same, and I'm just like, do you need that all on there? And kinda. Then you, and then, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like looking them up. And then I gotta text them again. <laughs> I don't feel like it. But unfortunately for Kenny Omega, screenshots do happen. Yeah. And that's uh, the day and age that we're living in. I'm gonna read the first tweet. And the second one, I believe, as of this time, Friday at 7 p.m., I believe the second one's still up. I would not know. But I actually saw this story. I did not actually see it on Twitter, which I guess we can discuss if you want. But anyways, the first one says, If lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? Right. I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. So here's the quick backstory. Right. Obviously, AEW is running a show that night, which had been set. It's for charity, as I said, victims Fight of gun violence. Fight for the violence. fallen. Yep. Yep. So I think uh, it's it was in it was in response to the Parkland, uh, Florida school shooting. Yeah, it was obviously for a good cause. So nothing wrong with that being right. run. But on that same night, um, Evolve is having their anniversary show. This was already set, so right. people wondering about that. It had been set. It's their anniversary. You know, yeah. fifth, 10 years, so you can't say they planned 10 years ago to steal AEW's thunder. I mean, they might have. I mean, that's pretty good planning. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much foresight. <laughs> Somebody right tell me the lottery numbers from that camp because uh, they obviously have the future insight. <laughs> that would take a lot of foresight. So I'm going to say that there was no issue there. Now, right. here's where the problem comes in. It was then announced WWE Network is going to be streaming it. Yeah. yeah, they're going to be airing it. And, of course, right away it becomes, oh, well, here comes the response to Cody I mean, ripping on the throne, Triple H. and It's kind of hard to ignore the coincidence, coincidence? I guess, quote-unquote. I'm not sure if I really believe in coincidences. Oh. But, I mean... <sighs> They didn't have to stream it, you know? Like, it is not a WWE promotion. Yeah, they know Gabe Sapolsky, and they're good friends with him, and they're helping him out. And that's where Drew McIntyre and Gargano came from. But on the same day, it's... see, I mean... It's got a. I can't say exactly what's going on, but you got to admit it's got a little bit of an odd. Like, are you really? It raises really? an eyebrow or two. You know, kind of like the whole uh, WWE invading WCW. Like, are they really gonna do this? Like, is you know? Are yeah, you sure. I'm gonna quick read the follow up tweet because Kenny Omega. He did delete it and. He deleted it. Posted something a little more. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> a, a little bit. He said. I've said my piece and it opened the door to a very toxic environment. In other words, he was getting ripped for it and didn't like it. That's the way I translated it. It wasn't a message to fans or the boys, just the decision makers. Right. I agree with that. He wasn't ripping the fans or his fellow guys. Right. Of course not. I wish everyone wrestling on any show that day all the best. That is all. Well, you know, he clearly didn't mean the best to everyone on the show. Right, right. Um, Here is where I may convince you as a coincidence. Okay. So, you can look back and just type into Google. You will find headlines from the past year of Vince McMahon going back and forth 
on airing other promotions on the network. Right, I've read that, yeah. Okay. There was the tier levels, there was this, that, the yep. other thing. It's right. gone back and forth. Yeah. And I forgot the name, so go ahead and complain if you want. I forgot the name of the UK company they're working with. Um, is it, is it I, ICW? I was going to say ICW. That's where, that's wanna, where Balor came from. I didn't want to say it and be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I know they've done stuff with ICW in the past, so if that's okay, the I one. I think Drew also just did something. He did yeah. a signing or he made a special and when, appearance. And when Balor was injured not too long ago, he like made like a walkout. And kinda... Yes, he did. He made a big uh, appearance because I think Mick Foley had to cancel. You know, I, I've seen like little video blips of that promotion, and it looks like their ring is incredibly small. It seems like the crowd is nuts. Yeah, the crowd like... is nuts, and the ring is tiny. Yeah, a lot. I think almost every promotion is a smaller ring than twenty by twenty. Okay. So okay. you know, because it's the smaller space. I know. suppose, but it just—I I just wonder how they work in such a small space. But here's where the coincidence. I'm well. I probably won't convince you, but I may if anyone's listening. They've been going back and forth for a long time, and there was even the last press conference—not press conference. There was the conference call. conference call, right? And this time there was a strong tease. It was coming in a few months. Yeah. And this was before AEW. Okay. And what better show to do it than the 10th anniversary of Evolve? So, you know, it does seem like, oh, crap, they're just doing it for AEW. But the crew's in town for Philly. The show's in Philly. The next night right. is Extreme Rules. Everyone's going to be in town that weekend. And they've been talking about this forever. So I'm sure at some point Vince just said, do the 10th anniversary Evolve show. Okay, what was the straw that broke his back, though? You know That's what I'm the saying? thing. Like, when was this? Hey, AEW's doing a show. We've been talking about doing this. Yeah. Let's do it. See so, what happens. So that's where the cause and effect. Yeah. Were they already cause thinking effect? about it? <laughs> Former band. Indeed, indeed. So was that, like you said, the straw? Was there, you know, was he thinking about it or was it set, finale, in print, signing that it was going to happen or was it? 99% sure, and then AEW, and then they said, absolutely, now we're doing it. Right. That That's kind of where I go. Like, they've been talking about it, Hemin and Han, we know they've been talking about it or thinking about it or introducing. They've talked about tiers. They've talked about which promotions would be airing. They've even talked about airing Impact stuff on, on the oh, network. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That's crazy. But, I mean, so we knew that this was in his brain and roaming around there. Yeah. Now, when did they announce? Like, because if they had announced this prior to uh, even Fight for the Fallen. It could have been after AEW, but, you know, they were doing Fight for the Fallen. And wasn't, um, didn't AEW then after that announcement announce that Jericho would be on it? Yes. That's where I'm, so that, see, this is where I'm going, is that. Did Jericho say, I'm in, text, you know, text Well, we, we know that Jericho is AEW, you know, he is taking that company. He's going to do yeah, everything he can in. for him. He's all in. So, ah, um. I, I, it's just a question of like the timing of the announcement almost makes it is, is what gives it that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so they're doing this thing and we've been thinking about doing it, but now since they are doing it, we're definitely going to do it. And then AEW is like, well, screw you. We're going to bring in your biggest fanboy that came over to our side. (laughs) Fanboy. I I know. Poor choice of words. It was the first (laughs) word that popped in my head. Uh, Your biggest commodity that you once had. Headline, whatever, you know. Yeah, and I would not be shocked whatsoever. It was actually Jericho who saw that news. Right, and, and asked to to be a part of say, it. Hey, hey, I'll help you out. Send out the tweet. I'm going to be there now. Yeah. If he wasn't already, maybe as a right. surprise or whatever. But um, Yeah, that could have been they were going to have a surprise, and now they decided to air a show on the same day. So Chris Jericho's like, screw the surprise. Let's just go all out. Yeah, let's just do it. <sighs> wow. <laughs> wow. I can do it too. <laughs> we can do it all here. But anyways, um, back to the tweet. Um, 
Here's the here's the part where I believe he may have uh, stuck his foot in his mouth, and unfortunately, this was a bad tweet. Again, I didn't see it on Twitter. I yeah. saw the headline, but um, the part about lining your pockets with blood money—that's Saudi Arabia. Clearly, a shot at Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. And I'm just gonna guess here that a few of the comments um, mention Mr. Tony Khan's father. And I don't oh. know if you know this or anybody else, but uh, Mr. Tony Khan and uh, his father, I can't remember his first name, so uh, sorry about that. Um, I believe he just bought a hotel from the Saudi Arabia prince. So oh. it's very interesting how uh, Kenny Omega loves to you know, point fingers, but not Look at, the, at his own company. Not that the Khans do business with the exact same, you know. Yeah, so that's it. Ooh. little that's, hypocrisy. So I maybe, That is a little foot and mouth, isn't it? Maybe a few people pointed that out, Mr. Blood Money. And um, he also had a few other things, which I was going to bring up, but now thinking I shouldn't. But another thing that I he... guess it, it could be, you know, if you if you want to dig deep into something like that is did he buy the hotel from the Saudi royal family or just a businessman in Saudi Arabia? Because no, I think it's the royal w, family. WWE's contract is with the royal family. Yeah, they were the ones is. that brought him in. He's so. one of the uh, investors in it. The, right. Uh, again, and I don't know the name. Because it is the Saudi government or royal family or whatever that is accused of doing this murder, whatever it was. And maybe Tony Khan's father bought a hotel from just a Saudi businessman that had no, you know, thing in that. I mean, it, it depends on, on where everything's coming from, but still it was a foot and mouth tweet and probably should not have been said. Probably not. Honestly, uh, not good. And I didn't think did him or AEW even any favors right. and almost uh, kind of makes him look a little petty. Um, extremely petty, I thought, and, um, there was another thing which I just kind of forgot in my head, but, oh yes, I know I remembered, uh, Kenny Omega, who later said, you know, I wish everybody that well who's wrestling that day. Well, you know, clearly he didn't, so he also, I believe, uh, when Roman Reigns came back and announced he was in remission, right? I believe in the opening he, uh, told, uh, his Twitter followers to turn it off and watch him play video games on a stream. Oh, uh, again, just messing and obviously, you know, is obviously a joke, but right. you know, some people can say, well, you know, I thought we were all brothers and all, you know, in this together, yeah. and, you know, and again, that was before AEW even had shows and stuff is earlier this year. So again, little things like that. And like I said, I was going to mention something else, but I'm not going to. Um, so let's, <laughs> uh, let's, let's envision something with me, if you will. All right, let's envision. What if everything goes down? Um, you know, they announce fight for the fallen. And then WWE announces they're doing the Evolve show. Now let's take the Kenny Omega thing out. Let's say that never happened. And then Chris Jericho says he's going to be at Fight for the Fallen. Now it gets interesting. Now how do we look at this event? It looks interesting. And it, it certainly, again, going back to a year or whatever, when they've been kind of going back and forth with this right. Evolve thing. But, you know, you also have to remember, I mean, it's Evolve. You, you know, know what, who's it, on the show? Drew Gulak? I mean, they're not exactly throwing their heavy hitters. Like, right. Let's be honest here. It's interesting, though, because if you take the Kenny Omega thing out, it just looks like good marketing. You know what I mean? Like it actually looks competition, healthy competition, you know, support for everybody. You take the Kenny Omega thing out, you put that in there, it almost makes them look like children, you know, or juvenile, for lack of a better word. Yeah, maybe like a bunch of young people. We can find that later. Right. I I dropped my cap. So I was going to say. Um, you know, I was just going to say, it's funny how when Cody's ripping on the throne and doing all these things and. You know, then it's great. Right. But, oh, look, 
Now there's a response, and suddenly we're going to cry on Twitter about it. Well, and it, it, I don't think it was really the response or the fact that there was a response. I think it was the content of the response. When you start getting petty and talk about blood money and this, that, and the other thing, that starts to put you into that like juvenile category. He yeah, even it. ignoring the con thing. Um, here's here's kind of where my bottom line is. Um, you want competition with WWE, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. They 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 were talking about going full on war. You're poking the bear. Then when they when the bear bites, the bear's gonna wake be, up. Don't be surprised. <laughs> the bear's gonna wake up, and guess what? Now you're going against Evolve, and I've already seen right. it said that um, I'm gonna assume they're going on Wednesday nights with their show at this point, right? Because Tuesday's uh, NBA on TNT. Here's a little uh, Native American proverb. This uh, lady finds a snake that is wounded and is, you know, probably on the brink of death. So brings the snake into her house and nurses it back to health. When the snake gets back to health, it bites her. And as the lady is laying there dying, she says to the snake, I did all this stuff for you. Why did you bite me? And the snake looks at her and goes, you knew I was a snake. And that's it. So you poke the snake. Snakes gonna bite, wow. and even if you know, even if AEW has helped WWE to kind of get their creative juices flowing and start, you know, pushing the envelope, they're gonna bite back. It's just gonna happen. It, they're gonna bite back. Even they're gonna bite back. Even if it was, you know, even if it is quote unquote just an evolved show, which again right. isn't nothing major or anything for them. But um, I was saying that they were gonna do a uh, Wednesday night. I assume at this point it'll be Wednesday night for AEW. Okay. I've already seen it um, that NXT would go live Ooh. and maybe even go to FS1. And again, you want competition. Why not uh, the next takeover instead of the Saturday, make it in its normal slot Wednesday and have it the premiere the night that they're premiering on TNT. Right. And, you know, I mean, how are they going to cry on Twitter about that, too, and say, oh, what, what competition? Right. Well, how, <laughs> you know, when WWE is when WWE decides to turn it on, how crazy are they going to get? I mean, if they're going to start airing their best stuff in direct competition with AEW, it's going to be an interesting time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, and you can say, well, you know, they have My Tony. DVR is going to go nuts. <laughs> Overdrive. <laughs> you can say, well, Tony Khan, billionaire. They have a billionaire. Well, they do, but they have not the 40-, 50-year experience billionaire. Right, who's... and they don't have a board of directors. They don't have, you know, multi... I mean, there is so much behind WWE that if they get provoked... Yeah, and not a, you know, TV company that's paying, Do you remember Grenada in paying... the 80s? The war that lasted like 11 hours? <laughs> no, actually I don't. But I was going to say, they don't have TNT footing their bill that can cut that cord at any time and right. say, pay your own bill. So, right. Um, no, I don't know. Is this a story? Oh, well, Grenada was a war um, and basically w, or, <laughs> WWE, the United States went in there and it was over in 11 hours. Like, wow. Yeah, because basically, you know, you don't remember uh, Family Guy? You in what army? The United States Army. Oh, that's a good army. <laughs> I actually do not watch Family Guy. <laughs> of well, course. This was an old, I mean, and next time. You should have known that was coming. <laughs> i have to play some videos. All right. Well, that's kind of the bottom line. Do you have any other thoughts on the Kenny Omega or the Evolve situation? Nah. I mean, like we said, it's competition, um, foot and mouth, you know. Yeah, and honestly, if you don't even think that, I think he regretted tweeting it. The fact he deleted it. Shows that he did regret it, He yeah. did it and kind of hinted at it with by saying it opened up a toxic environment. Yeah, right. Well, 
Yeah. So, anyways, you we kind of did it to yourself. I he, mean, I love Kenny Omega. Don't get me wrong; he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Whenever I can watch him, but uh, yeah, you kind of screwed up there, buddy. He, he kind of screwed up, and I wasn't gonna bring this up, but have you been following the uh, Seth Rollins drama on Twitter? Uh, I have been, but now I can't for the life remember who it Before, was with. Well, no, it was with everyone. Before Stomping Grounds, he just said, uh, there was a tweet by WWE oh, that best said, wrestling ever, period. He, yeah. yeah, the WWE tweeted out, you know, tune into Stomping Grounds tonight. And then he just said, you know, the best whatever it was. And then Roman Reigns, you know, did an exclamation point. Yeah. And then, of course, here came, you know, Will Ospreay and, you know, Jericho laughed it off and all yeah, these things. Yeah. And then Rollins said, well, we have a better one of you in Ricochet and... You know, he kept going on and on, and basically he's done a few interviews by basically saying, you know, I, I'm sick and tired of sitting around and reading tweets and people bashing us. I right. love this. I've done it my whole life. And, you know, it's kind of fitting that, you know, this all happened because this was kind of what my column was last week. Yeah. So it kind of goes hand in hand of like, hey, I listed 50 things of that we love about the company without even, like, thinking about it. And here's Rollins saying, like, I dedicated my life to this, and I'm the champion, and now everyone's just been taking a dump all over everything. Right. And it's kind of nice that he's talking about his fellow wrestlers, too. He's not focusing on what he does. He's, well, we got Ricochet. We got Samoa Joe. We got this. Yeah, that, I thought it was thing. great putting Ricochet in that class and <clears throat> putting him over. And then even when he won the title, I didn't necessarily agree with him losing the AJ Styles clean the next night, whatever sense that made. But we'll see where that goes. But yeah. I thought the tweets were fine, and you know what? Uh, yeah, if he's kind of getting sick that of it. That was a killer match, though. It was great. Can definitely do more, I guess. I'm glad, I, I'm glad you convinced me to watch the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, EC3 won a title, so I'm happy. Uh, so I'm going to, you know. I'm, keep it? Nah, for 30 exactly. seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of side with Rollins again. You know what? Sometimes you can kind of, like WWE, kind of bite back a little bit. Right. So he can sit there and read these tweets, and I guess the word is trolls, and sit there and say these things about Becky is the real man and all this stuff. You and, know, if you're passionate about the company you work for, you have every right to defend it. If somebody came up to my job and started trashing my company, you bet your butt I'm going to defend us. Yeah, and he even said, you know, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I kind of hope I am in the back. Right. You know, yeah. like if you're not, then like, what are you doing? And like, this is me, but this is what I feel about, you know, the place that I work, the place that I make my living. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that happened. Kind of the opposite of Kenny Omega, where that just came off bad. I thought yeah. Rollins, you know, kind of was making some Rollins was sensible. He he didn't he didn't use any like controversial or like taint, tainted uh, uh, topics. It feels like he's done it before. Where Omega and honestly some other AEW stuff just I don't know. They're just feeling and of it. course we all know Seth Rollins has made mistakes on Twitter in the past. He sent a few pictures. He's, he's learned or girl <laughs> pictures or right. whoever had somebody those pictures. sent pictures, some Nazis and stuff. Somebody did, but anyways, three <laughs> three weeks after that controversy, he won the title in the main event of WrestleMania. How about so that? The company didn't care. Right. So uh, we're going to move on to the last topic, which kind of goes back with this uh, whole fighting back type thing. Um, big news the other day, WWE. Oh, are we, we're going in. We're going all in, folks. I don't even know where to start with this, but let's just kind of lay it out in case you've been living under a rock. Um, this is legit, folks. Don't talk about my rock. <laughs> talk about my rock like that? This is legit, folks. Um, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are coming into the company. They're coming back. I'm back. Better than ever, hopefully, because legit backstage are going to have roles um, that, you know, are gonna that as of we know right now are not on screen. So it's all a creative executive type role. It's an actual decision making type role. Yes, they're gonna be reporting to Vince McMahon, but it seems like they're gonna be more focusing on 
putting out the best product as opposed to portraying a story. Yeah, this is uh, not a storyline or anything. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, I'm sure everybody from the 90s knows those two. Um, they're um, they're going to be working next to Vince McMahon. I mean, they've been in the company before, so right. this is like nothing new. So they know him. But now they will actually have power. Right. Bischoff was adamant when he came in in 2002 to be the Raw GM that he did not want any power. He didn't want right. the pressure, the stress. Yep. He wanted to show up Monday say, what am I doing? Yep. He <laughs> I'll go out and be, do it. He wanted to be on-screen talent. On-screen I think only. They've, you know, I think they've honestly tapped into something that's going to be very beneficial to him because you got uh, Bischoff, who is really good with promoting television shows really good with promo, you know promotions and 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 marketing and he's going to be dealing one on one with the Fox guys when Smackdown moves over and then he gets to report to Vince McMahon so he's you got that Bischoff insight that could only be good if they you know keep him Yeah, that almost is one of the reasons why. Because right away I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Bischoff ran Raw years ago and Heyman ran SmackDown. Why is it now? Why is Heyman running Raw? But then I remembered Bischoff has the TV. Right. You know, he has the connections. He had a whole company where he was basically selling TV shows. He has the TV connections. So with SmackDown going to Fox in a few months, now in my head I'm thinking, okay, that's why Bischoff is lined up on the I mean, they have to show something because at any moment Fox could be like, you know. Yeah, there was a story that Fox did not know about this. And when they did, they actually wanted Heyman and not... Uh, oh, really? But I, that seems like a little uh, far-fetched. Consider the source on that one. But anyways, yeah. um, either way, big news. Um, my main takeaway right away was that each is going to be separate on the shows. Right. So Bischoff has talked about this before, and I think we all have. The shows need to feel different. Yeah. Or else yep. we're basically watching five hours of a long TV show. Right. Raw needs to be Raw. SmackDown needs to be SmackDown. But then that goes back to the wild card rule. Yeah, exactly. I, they I, need to be separate. They need to be completely different. Right, and I think that at this point it's time to abandon the wild card rule. <laughs> and like we were talking earlier, I don't know if we, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but you know, Raw, close the doors. Everybody's in Raw, stays on Raw. SmackDown, close the doors. Everybody on SmackDown's on SmackDown. Each champion, each show, each tag champion, you know, da-da-da. Yeah, and when they originally did this in 2002, I thought it was because uh, Triple H kind of had his stuff going on on Raw. Right, and then Brock Lesnar refused to fight Triple H for the undisputed title, so then they bring back the World Heavyweight title, and then both shows, you know, are doing really well. Yeah, so on Raw you had the Triple H show kind of with Evolution, and then Scott Steiner, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and that whole show. (laughs) Scott Steiner. But then you flip over to SmackDown, and what do you see? You see, you know, Younger, you see Eddie Guerrero, right. you yep. see Chavo, you see Kurt Angle, and you see these guys like Edge and Rey Mysterio, right? and then Brock Lesnar. You see these great matches, two completely different products. Right. And sometimes people forget this, but Paul Heyman was writing that show at the time, 2002 to 2003. Oh, yeah, that's right. yeah. And, you know, this is a little historical thing, but I believe it was for, I want to say, six or nine months. SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings. Ooh. A lot of people don't remember that. SmackDown overtook Raw. What night were they on at this time? Was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday still on UPN. Okay. I'm not for sure about that. But oh, it was, it was the UPN era. It was 2002 to 2003, and then yeah. Brock, Edge, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, you right. know, right down the list. And this was when Stephanie was- uh, the, Right, the, when uh, she was in charge of the Alliance and stuff. And that's kind of when people kind of did start the Triple H fatigue and just kind of like, oh, here we go again. Right. You know? And then the ratings showed it. Yep. 
And then, of course, uh, Vince kind of got his hands on SmackDown with the Hogan feud and then yeah. the Zach Gowan thing. Right. And then Triple, not Triple H, and then Stephanie and Vince had a match. Yeah. And then ratings started uh, to go back to Raw. Right, exactly. <laughs> so once the McMahon thing started <clears throat> overtaking it, and then I think so it was Roddy. So, what does that teach us when McMahon puts his hands <laughs> on things? <laughs> well, even then, Roddy Piper showed up, if you remember, Sable returned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that... So things kind of did fall apart at that Mr. America showed up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you remember oh, that. I am not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he passed the lie detector test. <laughs> and, I mean, Big Show got a main event run in 2003 at that point when he tossed Mysterio on the stretcher board. Oh, I remember that. And yeah. then Big Show and Lesnar broke the ring. Yep. Either yep. way, uh, back to what we were talking about, um, SmackDown does have that potential to beat Raw. And oh, yeah. They did it at the end of 2016, an episode of SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings. And that was something that uh, Cena said when he originally was sent there in the draft in summer 2016, that that was something the entire brand, you know, that was kind of one of their goals when Daniel Bryan and Shane were running it. Right. It feels like forever oh, yeah, ago. Yeah. They wanted oh, to beat God. Raw when it did feel legit, when they had Bliss yeah. and Becky. And, you know, it felt it like... It seemed like there was some serious competition, yeah. And they did beat Raw in the ratings. I think it was just once, but still, they did they it. They did it. They can say they did it. I think it. the main event was Cena... I think it was Ellsworth and AJ Styles for the title or something oh with Cena. Or yeah. Cena returned. or I don't know. Either way, they did it. So back to what we were talking about. I think um, Heyman on Raw makes more sense, obviously, for Brock and right. Ronda, you know, them. And like you said, the Bischoff thing was SmackDown. Um, I would say, see, I mentioned this off air, but this, this feels like big news, but yeah. big news that may end up meaning nothing. Because Vince McMahon is obviously still the head honcho. Right. And we saw, you know, Sanjay Dutt. We have seen Shane Helms. We've seen Jeff Jarrett. We've seen Abyss. We've seen Jeremy Borash. We've seen even Bruce Pritchard come into the company. But, yeah. you know, it's still Vince. So they could bring in, you know, they could, they could bring in anybody. And they could still hire all Vince. of ROH right now, backstage right. crew. They could hire all of the Impact crew. They could hire everyone in AEW. But if it's, it's still, still the Vince show. Vince. Right. It's still the Vince show, then it's still the Vince show. And this is kind of a small little thing to look for in the future. So nothing really to talk about now. But is this move being done because Vince in six months will focus on an XFL? That was my first, one of my first thoughts. My very first thought was thinking of the rocky past that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff have had. When they were employed by WWE before. Keep them separate. Well, keep them separate. You do Monday, you do Tuesday. Right, but what I'm saying is like those two have had rocky relationships with Vince and the brass oh, yes, yes. of WWE. So now that they're being brought back in, are is WWE like really nervous? Are they really desperate? Are they scared? They're hiring up anyone that <clears throat> has an idea. Right, exactly. And people that have you know made a big name for them in the past, they're like, hey, come on, do it again, do it again. So are they like re- trying to rehash, you know, their former glory? Yeah, they say like when you, if you ever get uncomfortable, you go to what's comfortable. Right. And Bischoff and Heyman. It seems like he's have you know, done backtracking. It, have done it in the '90s, so you go back to what worked. Right. And you know, it may not. I think it was Tyler Breeze who tweeted something like, after the news was released, it was a cryptic tweet, so yeah. you can say, well, he didn't mean it that way, but you know, it certainly seemed that way. It was something like, um, I like looking towards the future, not the past. Yeah, I did see that. And you know, it does feel like, oh my gosh, Bischoff and Heyman, you know, they're what, 40, 50, 60, however old. Yeah. But you know, Heyman seems to have somewhat of a grasp on uh, today's day and age, and he's a big internet guy. Right. 
And, well, I was going to say something. I won't say it, but <laughs> he's also something else. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's, uh, sorry. You know, he seems to be in tune more with everybody, but <clears throat> um, I will say a quick little uh, kind of tidbit. So maybe if it's for XFL, they're kind of setting up guys that know what it, they're doing. It kind of seems like he's might be taking some time off to go deal with that. You know, and then who would you put in charge other than Triple H, obviously? But yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it was Ed Kosky the other week when they were gone. Was in yeah, charge. that's right. <laughs> and then um, I think I guess there was nobody there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he's in charge, I mean, I mean, it, I don't know about the Shane or Triple H side of this story. That's a little interesting. Yeah, right. Could Bruce Pritchard do it? I know he did it in the '90s, so I'm sure he could step in and obviously know what to do. I mean, they had to have run it by Triple H. I mean, he's not going to be left out of the loop on stuff. No. Like I'm going to go with the side that he probably just didn't want the pressure, honestly. Right. He's got NXT and everything else going on. And, oh, hey, want to run Raw and SmackDown, too? I mean, he will one day. Right. Yeah. But Maybe I he's mean, just waiting his turn. I would say he's waiting his turn. I think he might know that this thing's going to blow up in a month. That could be, too. You know, he's just got the he's got the in unique foresight to be like, hmm. Did you say foresight? Oh. The 411 foresight. I'm going to say also that um, if you remember... Vince Russo returned to <laughs> WWE in, in 2002. I'm sorry. Every time we say his name, I have to laugh. I actually tend to not ever say his name, but it fits in this story. He came back in bro, 2000. Bro, yo, bro, bro, bro. Um, I don't listen to him, and he's one of many who actually have blocked me on Twitter for Aww. what it's worth. And yeah, I'm He saying, doesn't even know I exist, so I don't got to worry about it. Yeah, notice how I said I didn't read the Kenny Omega tweet on Twitter. I saw the headline, but... Anyways, that's a little history there. But anyways, boy, you just rub people the wrong way. I don't rub anybody. The thing with I was gonna say that's about not what I heard. Oh boy. Ah. I was gonna say <laughs> back on track. <laughs> I was gonna say Vince Russo came back in WWE in summer 2002 yep. to join the writing team because that's when the brand everything was going on and right. they were looking for ideas. They were trying to figure out how do we now do this Raw and SmackDown separate roster. So they brought in Vince Russo. And do you want to know how long it lasted? <laughs> I want to say two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it lasted a week. Oh, one week. And he was shown the door and has not been back since. <laughs> but it actually <laughs> pretty much did last two hours because what ended up happening was he went to a creative meeting. And again, he was pretty much given full reign, but it was yeah. like, no, we work with a team now. It's not right. just you writing the shows. And he pretty much laid out the next few months of uh, stories. Right. And fortunately for everybody else... How many things on a poll were discussed? Well, not a whole lot, but here's the thing. When he laid out everything, um, pretty much he outright admitted that, you know, he didn't watch the shows. Right. So one of his first ideas was a quote-unquote brand new, never-before-seen Triple H Jericho feud. Okay. Doesn't seem too bad. Right. Except if you remember the timeline, summer 2002... They just main evented WrestleMania right. and had a cell rematch at Judgment Day. <laughs> and within two hours after everything was laid out, uh, pretty much everybody called Vince separately and was like, "Dude, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and Russo was showing the door. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm, I don't know. I don't want to say it's going to happen, but this whole thing kind of feels like this might end badly or, you know, in a week Vince is going to overrule one of them. And right. Say, well, and okay. then they're going to walk out or whatever And it's it is. going to be like, well, why are they here besides probably a big fat paycheck? I'm guessing they both oh, yeah. got convinced big. I think they're still doing their podcasts. So I think, you know, that's probably, well, not Heyman, but I mean, uh, Bischoff is still doing the podcast. Yeah. But I mean, if Vince is just going to call the shots anyways, are they just idea guys? 
Or are they liaisons between Vince and everybody else? Like he, Vince is just tired of it. <laughs> He's yeah, just but tired then, of dealing. But if that's the case, then why are we paying another, probably I'm guessing high six figures to just be a liaison? You know? Because they can. Because they can and they have $2 billion TV deals and right. Saudi money coming in. But anyways, <laughs> um, the thing with uh, Heyman, that wasn't even news to me. He's pretty much been there every week on Raw. Right. If you're ever wondering why he's been backstage when Brock's not there, well, it's because he's already there. Right, because he's show doing him, stuff. Yeah, they've kind of showed him the past few weeks standing in the back just staring whenever Rollins would be on TV, right. like just staring in the background and then like giving a two-minute promo. And then insider info, he's been working with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch and a bunch he, of other wrestlers to try and help him He's out. already been there, and anybody that's been coming to him for help, he's given help. So right. him being there to me isn't even a story, honestly. I don't mean to downplay it, but that's not even a story. Right. So story to me is Bischoff. Bischoff, yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, the SmackDown side with the Fox. That's the story to me. Right, exactly. I mean, they they obviously are tapping into his TV experience to try and And then sell even the a show. few months ago, you know, Bruce Pritchard. It just feels like they're kind of not going back in time, but they're going to anybody who has anybody. any part of success of any era. Right, exactly. They're going to back to anything that once worked because things aren't working now and they want to figure out why. They want to figure out why, and um, I, I sent a few tweets about this. Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter, when's the column coming about the— <laughs> And uh, consider this the column, the this podcast right now. Consider this my written word, but um, I'm going to kind of take a wait-and-see thing on this. Uh, this could blow up in a bad, bad way. It could go really well, too. Or this could be just you know Vince kind of— gobbling up everybody to keep under his roster obviously right. before all elite because maybe oh, they were going to even think about that because maybe they were going to go to bischoff for the tnt connection right think about bischoff on aew what he would do so again is this a response Ooh. or is this just like he's been doing with abyss and jeff jarrett right. and bruce pritchard just bringing in anybody for anything and i like that they're doing something yeah I liked that even a few months ago, it, you know, it's kind of turned into a punchline now, but I liked how after the Baron Corbin thing, the McMahons came out and said, we need change. Right. And even Rollins came out and kind of ripped on the show and was just... I mean, I know, know they can say that all they want, but yeah, they haven't really changed. It, it's silly now to look at it and then with Shane McMahon <clears throat> on the TV and... Right. I laugh because like Vince McMahon specifically said, no more overbearing authority figures. And then what, one week, two weeks later, overbearing authority figures. Yeah, best in the world, Shane McMahon. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. And, and it was also uh, Vince and the Daniel Bryan thing. And Triple H, I think I think it was Triple H. I could be wrong, but when they were all standing out there, pointed and said, "You are the authority now." Right. And yeah. Was, you know, obviously it didn't last, but you know they responded. Yeah. You know, so they came out and said, "Look, this is what's going on," and you know things are changing. And I think they called up. That was the night all those NXT promos. Aired. Right. Right. With Ricochet and, and for uh, Alistair. For um, what's his face? Uh, Lars, Lacey, that's right. Nikki Cross, EC3, and Heavy Machinery. Yep, those okay. were the ones. And then they came out, and then like you said, Black came up. Even Gargano and Champa, obviously, you know, injury disappeared but for a moment. Disappeared but... for a moment, and then uh, Ricochet now. So they did respond. So regardless of why Bischoff and Heyman are brought in, it's telling me they're they know they know. Right. Okay, we need to do something. Need to do something. Yeah. So, Isn't it interesting that out of the four that debuted that night, only one is still like active? Yeah, hey, hey, <laughs> Alistair Black got a knock on his door. Somebody answered. Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, well, but I don't know. But who. We haven't seen him for a while. I mean, the rumor has been Randy Orton. No, that's. I mean, somebody reported it Cesaro. This was a legit place said it Cesaro. Don't ask me how or why or well, wild card I, rule or what, but I guess we'll find out at some point. I guess this is the source we're going with these days. Yeah. Somebody said 
Cesaro. So now watch it be Cesaro. <laughs> right? I mean. <laughs> As I make fun of it. Yeah. But either way, it tells It'd me. It'd be that, a great match. Oh, absolutely it would be. The black kicking his head off at the end. <laughs> I could watch a Cesaro match all day long. Hey, maybe <clears throat> that'll be Heyman. Uh, he's a Heyman guy, remember? He was. Yeah. Well, probably still is. Is it once a Heyman guy, always a Heyman guy? I think so, unless okay. you're Curtis Axel. I mean, Medusa slash Alundra Blaze. She still claims she's the first Heyman girl. I'm going to like my <clears throat> Curtis Axel joke there. But anyways, <laughs> um, it just tells me that they're doing something. They know, obviously, they needed to do something, so they're doing whatever. I know it's Heyman and it's Bischoff and... You know, not to uh, you know, not to downplay it, but you know, it's a reaction. Right. And right now, I'm going to take it. I'm going to accept it and say, okay, let's see what happens. They know, know what's happening, and if this blows up in their face <clears throat> in a month or in a week, <laughs> it comes down. You know, it comes down to that old Jr. adage: maximize your minutes. If 